talking is hard talking I is know. very hard it, and yet we choose to do a podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Time to get things started with How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X Isn't Just a Fashion Statement, presented by Tribe74.com. Since the pandemic, I, I just have I've been watching movies at home more so, and I just haven't had the interest to go out to theaters so much. And we, I know you and I, we made made it up to the theater for for Batman, and we've seen James Bond, yes, uh, as well as uh, uh, Spider Man. I'm sure. I don't know. Did you go out and see Spider Man in the theaters? Yes, I did. Excellent. That was so great. Film. I've, I've been uh, checking out Robert Eggers' films. Now he is famous he for done? he's famous for The Witch. And The Lighthouse, which stars the Batman himself, Robert Pattinson. I'm not even familiar with those films. So The Witch is really unique in the way that it uses Old English in the dialogue. So it's kind of difficult to follow. You almost have to have captions on to truly understand what's going on. Almost like a translation. Was it just released recently? The Witch is from 2015. Okay. Uh, and I watched this a long time ago, and that's kind of where I discovered Anya Taylor-Joy, who has become quickly one of my favorite actresses. Yeah. And then I heard about The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, so who's the Green Goblin and many yeah. other film films he's been in. And it was a very unique film where the language comes to play again, where it's it kind of the like like a pirate language but not a pirate language like a really dense maritimer language where william defoe willem sorry is it william or willem willem defoe just like lights it up but robert pattinson is actually had we watched this after twilight and before batman we would have been able to say yes robert pattinson is a great actor and obviously seeing batman, i have really actor. only seen him in batman yes, I've, I, yeah i have never seen him in anything else I've been made fun of saying that I'm lying about it, that there's no way that I couldn't have known who he was before this. But honestly, I, I'm the worst at remembering actors' names, whether that's male or female. I just can't keep track of anybody. And honestly, it wasn't until he started playing the Batman and everybody said, well, he was, he was from Twilight. Well, that doesn't help me. Also from Harry Potter as well, but I oh, he's expect- in Harry Potter too. Yeah, and like one of the later, or a couple of the later films, he okay. was. Uh, I think his name was like Cedric or something like that, and he dies mm. in the in the big maze or whatever it was. I, I the labyrinth or something like that. Yeah, I, don't- I do remember a character named Cedric. I'll, I'd have to go back and, and watch the movies. Anyway, okay. I'm kind of getting away from the movies that that you're talking yeah. about that you've just recently watched. That's good. Anyway, Robert Eggers has directed both The Witch and The Lighthouse, and he's famous for that. But he's also releasing a new film called The Northman, which he directed. And this comes out actually in a few weeks, April, uh, late April of 2022. And it's about some a North, a Norse, I'm assuming, Viking character 
refer to as the Northman. And if you've seen the trailer, this, I think you will certainly be very interested in seeing this film yourself. So it might have to be another date night for uh, you and I. Yeah. (laughs) Alexander. Sounds cool to me. Alexander Skarsgård stars in it. I don't know if you're familiar with True Blood. He was uh, one of the main characters in True Blood. I actually watched a couple seasons of True Blood, but once again, I I don't know Mm. any of the actors' names. Well, do you remember uh, Eric Northman, the character? I uh, remember that name. What one of the vampires? He? he was the the tall, lanky, white-haired vampire that was kind of fighting for Sookie's love with mm. Bill. He's also uh, was it Tarzan? I just remember I Bill. Okay. Yeah. So he was also Tarzan in a in recent Tarzan movie. I couldn't tell you which one. I don't think I'd seen it. This film also stars. Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, who I didn't realize was in it. William Defoe is in it as well. Oh, my goodness. See, I'm just looking at the list now, and a couple of these actors I didn't realize were also in this film. Ethan Hawke, who we will be talking about today in one, as one of our subjects. And Bjork. I don't know if you're familiar with who Bjork is, but she's the a musician. The musician from the 90s that anybody like us any of the the generation xers will remember her for sure no doubt anyway uh i guess it releases april 22nd so uh, oh, we may have, have to, to check it. that out definitely check out the trailer i think you'll like it it's pretty exciting looking and if it's like anything else that robert eggers has directed or written it is definitely going to be a very exciting intriguing dark movie i just watched i think it's called death on the nile yeah, Death on the Nile. Oh, yes. The, uh, it, it's actually the Christie film. Yeah, yeah. So it's just, it's a follow-up to the Orient Express. And it, it's actually a fun, a fun night, you know, get the popcorn out and turn on Disney Plus and away you go. I absolutely loved the uh, Orient Express film. So for me, I was actually really looking forward to this one. And then we talked to Joe and well, Joe wasn't very happy with it. <laughs> but that doesn't I, mean anything i will still yeah, watch exactly. it exactly it gives some context to his ridiculous mustache <laughs> yeah no i just it, it's another fun mystery movie it you know it, it's nothing to write home about but it's a good way to maybe spend a sunday afternoon you say ridiculous mustache and i say bring it on i would love to grow a mustache like that in fact i considered it at one point there you go Maybe like the nice double mustache. You could do that. I could do that and put the nice waxy curls on the end. Yeah. I mean, you're one shave away from having it done, quite honestly. Well, yeah, very. And it doesn't take long for me to grow. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, as we trail off into nothingness, Andrew, what is on slate for tonight? Tonight, tonight, we have nerd fashion and mood night. Ooh those things are embrace the the chaos (laughs) those things are not related at all but maybe they kind of are (laughs) moon wears wears costume and you know he has a very fashionable cape nerds are kind of wearing costumes all the time no completely so why don't we start off with nerd fashion absolutely let me tell you being a nerd i am a very fashionable person 20 years ago, (laughs) it wasn't quite so fashionable. (laughs) No, no. Now you can get away with wearing a video game t-shirt, perhaps some black rim glasses or a hoodie. 
that's um that's nerd fashion for you that pretty much says everything about were you looking at me when you uh <laughs> were describing that <laughs> <laughs> oddly enough no i had i've been flipping back and forth to different screens but mm -hmm. i really could have been giving a description of you Really, you could have it, except I'm probably wearing a Punisher t-shirt, so more like a okay, comic book. Okay, comic, comic book, sure, sure. I guess comic we can book, give you video that. Games, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so there, I, there's I, an argument there waiting to happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Like the video Star Trek games versus, Star versus Wars. comics. Yeah, like Star Trek versus Star Wars. We're going to have just, to do that actually as a, a future episode. Actually, yes, that's a great idea. So, but uh, yeah, let me talk a little bit about my nerd fashion growing up. Uh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> I wore a t-shirt, usually had my favorite band or my favorite comic book or something that I just thought was really cool. I had my jeans, I had my boots or my shoes. At one point I, I transitioned to the, the 90s grunge era with my plaid shirt wrapped around my waist and my Doc Martens on. They were green. Still with a comic book shirt on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was either it was either a Metallica shirt or a comic book shirt of some sort. One of my favorite comic book shirts was the first Punisher shirt that I'd ever became aware of. Was it said it had a bunch of fake bullet holes all over it, looked all ripped up, and then written in blood was the Punisher was here. Wicked. Yeah. That was the first cool. the first nerd shirt that I remember having was I picked up a an alien t-shirt at a local head shop in guelph it was downtown like, guelph like alien as in like sigourney weaver sigourney weaver the, yes yes excellent that's a pretty cool shirt that was my first foray into nerd fashion and i wore it proudly excellent i'm i'm actually kind of jealous that i'd never had it that i did not ever have a an alien shirt until the last few years anyway <laughs> <laughs> and now i have two yeah, no, I mean, oh gosh, what um, the Big Bang Theory is just really since the Big Bang Theory that it's become popular once again. Everybody is wearing comic book hero T-shirts, video game T-shirts, hoodies are all over the place. Anything anime is crazy right now, which really links us into to the cosplay absolutely and we can't talk about nerd fashion without talking about cosplay that is 100 for sure now i'm going to ask you this i'm sure that you've seen plenty of cosplay online or in videos but have you ever had the opportunity to experience it in real life yeah yeah no um with the what is it it's not it's not comic-con in toronto fan, fan expo fan expo i've been to fan expo probably four or five times oh then and you know very well it is all over the place going in on the go train there's characters literally littering each car on the way in and yeah no it, and they do some really wicked costumes it's interesting as you're entering in that they actually do a, a weapons check to make sure that you're actually not carrying a, a real weapon into the into the event making sure that your weapon is just a giant foam mallet and not a uh a equipped with a bullet shooting out of the head of it or anything like that i guess or that you know eight foot sword that's three feet wide does not I, have any sharp edges on it i prefer to leave my real thor hammer at home and and i bring the foam version 
out to well, the show. I, I don't want to carry that around the entire show. Well, I understand. I mean, nobody there is worthy enough to see it. Well, I mean, I'll be honest, and nobody can actually carry it besides me. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have any favorite cosplayers? Anybody that you're following right now? Uh, I just kind of follow uh, whoever comes across my feeds generally. Uh, there's uh, a few I like. There's a, a number of ladies that adorn the comic books that I read, including like Red Sonia and Vampirella and such. Right. I don't actually know their names because they don't really put their names on the front of the comics when they when they pose there. But there are some really good, fantastic cosplayers. And the most of the ones that I see are, you know, and might sound a little pervy here, but most of them are, you know, very scantily clad women. However, I've seen so many amazing cosplays that don't have to be scantily clad but absolutely amazing some of my favorites that i've been following lately have been from the japan animation culture the anime culture i absolutely love how creative and crazy the cosplayers from that culture are they like they go all out on the costumes and the hair the weapons and some of it is absolutely crazy uh, to to name one i couldn't tell you one off the top of my head but uh perhaps jessica nigri is one of the ones that comes out to me stands out mm -hmm. but there are so many from all around the world too every every culture every creed is involved in cosplay and that's what i another thing that i love about it it doesn't matter who you are what your background is you can participate and basically halloween every day you can kind of lose yourself every day <laughs> Oh, completely. And it's crazy just the fine skill that goes into the, the creation of the various costumes. A couple of the cosplayers, I was going to say animators, say but that's, but cosplayers, maybe. yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that participate in cosplay are Cutie Pie Sensei. So she does Sailor Moon, but she also does like Wonder Woman and Spider Man as well, too. And she's got lots of other great costumes another lady that i follow caitlin christini she does catwoman she does a fantastic black widow also does spider-man as well too spider-man i mean every, everybody does spider-man spider-man or spider-woman but i i'd even say most of them are dressing up in the standard spider-man costume minus minus the headgear I do see quite a few of them uh, are transitioning over to Spider-Gwen. So if you're not familiar with her, you'll learn more about her in the upcoming Spider-Man animated movie slated for next Christmas, I believe. She's a great looking character, like in, in terms of costume design and stuff like that. So I've seen a lot more cosplayers dress up as her. Who would you say do you enjoy the most as a character that gets portrayed, not necessarily the cosplayer themselves, but as a character that you see most adopted. I really like the, the black widow character. Like it isn't overly sexualized because it's, it's a full, like a full, full body, body, body suit, costume. Yeah. Exactly. And, but it's, it's still really kick-ass. It's got that leather, leatherette look to it. And she's just such a, a strong character. So I really like when I see people doing her. I, I love seeing people. Uh, there's a few that I saw at the fan expo. I was at a number of years ago who were dressed up as the orcs from Lord of the Rings. 
Oh, and some nice. of them were some of them were so well done. You know, they even had like the big nose rings and they just I don't know how they did it and how they could take the time to do that before going to a show and then walking around in the summertime heat with some of those costumes. And there's always it, about a hundred Spider-Men around. Absolutely. And the other the other ones that you see a lot of as well are the Star Wars characters or the Star Trek characters. Oh, they always have this the Stormtrooper March. Yeah, the if the 501st Legion, I believe, is what they're called up here in Canada. One of my first memories of cosplay, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, I thought it was actually too nerdy for me and a little cringeworthy. We went and saw start. Is there really such thing as too nerdy? Back in, you know, I don't know, in my teenage years, I was one of those kids that, you know. Yeah. yeah even though I was a nerd, I thought nerd, some nerds were just too nerdy. Too nerdy. Too nerdy. And I remember seeing, we went to see Star Trek Generations. That was the film where the old school William Shatner yeah. faced off against Jean-Luc Picard. And outside of the movie theater, there was a legion of people wearing Star Trek costumes, yeah. including some Klingons and others who just had the generic costume. Yeah, that the, is just too nerdy. Star Trek Star Trek is too nerdy. I think if you're, if you're wearing Star Trek costumes... I, I just can't i can't respect it i can't respect it <laughs> you know what i was never never really into star trek too much you know when i was quite young and it was on one of the three channels that i got then i'd watch it then and it wasn't until university and a couple of my roommates were both into it and so if i wanted to watch any tv then i had to watch star trek so i got into it at, at that point but i mean that's oh 25 plus years ago so it's mm -hmm. it's been a long time since i've followed the star trek storyline at all i've only ever really watched the movies i watched a little bit of gen uh, not generations the next generation mm -hmm. when uh it was on TV in my household, but it was never a regular thing. I didn't really care for it. I was a Star Trek nerd or sorry. Wow. Wow. Hold on. Yes, Cut you that. are. Cut that out. I am. <laughs> that is rolling no. into the no. very beginning of the show. Well, I am I'm a saying Star, Tre a Star, Star Wars nerd. nerd. Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I am a Star Wars nerd. I hate Star Trek. Patooey. <laughs> I spit on it. Uh, going back to the costumes a bit here, though, uh, one of the things is, is absolutely amazing skills that people have in creating these costumes. And some of them are unbelievable. And it is just fascinating to see that some people have found that and are able to work so well and really make it a lifestyle for them. And so you really, really appreciate it when you see it in live and just how much effort and skill and i mean you see young people doing it uh, people of all ages doing it but just the fact that they're able to do something like this is fascinating and fantastic and it never ceases to amaze me when i see some at a show and you're just like wow unbelievable unbelievably good job now this year at fan expo how many moon nights do you think you're gonna see well speaking of costumes <laughs> we are going to see a hell of a lot of moon nights i think well we'll see we may see a few more cat women and quite a few batmen oh, no for sure but in the past though you would see Catwoman, you would see batman but when 
when have you ever seen Moon Knight? That is a very Never. fair. That is a very fair point, and you have rolled right into the next subject of Moon Knight. Have you watched it? Oh yeah, I've watched it twice. Well, I tried to watch it twice. <laughs> My wife wasn't interested in it. Oh, so that's a shame. Yeah, I think that's she might appreciate it. Yeah, no, I watched once with my son and the, the second time I watched watched it on my own just to get ready for the show to refresh myself. So mm-hmm. what did you think? Well, I'm, I'm following it. I'm, I'm liking the direction it's going. So we're just into the first episode right now. Yeah, the goldfish and- problem. It's a great name for, a, for an episode. It is. And, and it kind of starts out really cool. In you know we see we see whoever it is smashing the glass and then dumps the glass broken glass into his shoes which he slips onto his feet and starts to walk out of the sea, and that was pretty interesting and intriguing and I love the musical scoring behind it. I don't know what the song was. Do you know the song? No, I'm not sure what it was. Yeah, it was but interesting. The the scoring is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just a really cool start for me. Anyway, I thought it was a pretty cool start. Uh, I kind of got lost a little bit, though, with the characterization of the main character, Stephen, who just seemed a little, Stephen Grant was his name, seemed a little silly, almost a little over the top in his nerdiness, I guess you could call it. Or yeah. Whatever it is. His awkwardness, his awkwardness, I guess. He- he is very awkward. And I guess that's really what they were trying to portray um, because he wasn't, he wasn't the tough guy that could take on groups of people all, all at once. And, you know, he was this guy that looked after his, his goldfish, his one fin goldfish, and at, at least in the beginning. What was with that anyway? Yeah, I at the beginning it has one fin. By the end of the show, it's got two fins. And that's what to me makes it that the show actually pretty intriguing is that they they've they've thrown in all these little things that are making you okay. I need to see what's going to happen next. He's a he's a regards. mama's boy. Every every twenty minutes, he's back on the phone leaving his mom a message. Yeah, every time he wakes up, yeah. he's leaving his mom a message. I wonder because his his mother never seems to answer the phone or no. responds to the messages if she even exists. So. It I know. really makes me wonder what his real story is. And I guess we'll get there in the next few episodes. But I just felt he was, oh, goodness, the stereotypical Disney awkward character. Like we could probably go over the last like few movies from the MCU or the, the, the number of movies from the MCU or any of the TV shows or any TV show or movie in Disney history. And they have all written this exact same character in regards to awkwardness. So they're saying that Moon Knight is part of phase four of the MCU. This is the first time that I've even heard reference to phase four. Are, are you up to date on that? Oh, heck yeah, brother. Where have you been? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man, uh, the Eternals, the last Doctor Strange was kind of leading into that. And this Doctor Strange is definitely good. Uh, WandaVision, I believe, is really the first thing that kicked off phase four. Phase four? Okay. Uh, yeah, WandaVision. I just never noticed Falcon it being and... referred to as as phase four. So, um, yeah, that's that wasn't... just a, 
wasn't sure what, how they're what it they're was. titling how they're titling each kind of section in these new bulk storylines. So this is phase four. And I do like the fact that this is just a nice, nice quickie. It's only six episodes long. So, you know, we're going to get through it. We don't really have to commit too much to it. And, you know, I, I think it will kind of, it will definitely open, open everybody's eyes to who this character is because most people didn't even, even know who he was before who uh, there's, there's a ranking system out there for uh, superheroes. And I think it's, it's done by, I think it's done by wizards or wizard. Okay, and wizard, yeah. yeah. And he's ranked number 146. So that just gives you an idea of how popular of a character that he is. Well, he is the, he's one of those characters. He's kind of like our, our New York characters that, that you and I both like so much. Yeah, totally. That- they're like these relatively obscure. If you're not a comic book reader, you don't know these characters. And if you are, you know of them. You may not know them. They may mm-hmm. have made special appearances in some of your favorite comics, but you may not be super familiar with them. And Moon Knight kind of comes out of our generation. I believe he's a Gen Xer aged character. Like yeah, he was, he I was believe his, his first 70s. appearance was was 75. Right. So that sets him right in the middle of Generation X. Yeah. So yeah, he came out right around that time with a lot of when a lot of our New Yorker characters first dropped on the scene. So he he comes from that that era that realm, and unfortunately, I don't think he was super popular. But he had has a cult following, which is interesting because his story seems to be almost surrounded by cult a cult aura. Yeah, I'm not up to date on my. I'm gonna call it Egyptian folklore and all the different gods that go along with uh with this actual show but yeah. so i'm having having a little bit of difficulty following along like with that i'm having to look up to see who different gods are and what it's all about but at least it's opening up my eyes a little bit to to the egyptian mythology i think if we uh, paid attention to the movies like the mummy and the scorpion king then maybe we would know some of this stuff but uh yeah. they they weren't really the best movies in my book. So, but I understand a little bit of the, the Egyptian mythology, but I don't know a lot of it enough that I'm going to learn some stuff for this show. That's for sure. Which is yeah. cool. As far as I'm concerned, I like to learn new stuff, but it's just a great, this, the show is a great example of the, the Marvel magic. Essentially they can take these obscure characters and put them into a mini series of their own where they are just going to boom. Actually right now, I don't know if anybody that's listening follows Vivi, the NFT app, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're just about to drop a a moon Knight NFT. uh, Perfect timing. Perfect timing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So whether or not, I don't know if we'll get this edited quickly enough, for that drop but uh, if it's something that you're interested in definitely jump over to vivi and see if you can get your hands on one if, oh, if sure. this character if you find them interesting i'm sure the people that are that are already going to be buying them are already there waiting for that to drop that's for sure those people they chew this stuff up so quickly you have to be like your finger has to be on the trigger as soon as it drops oh i know it's it's ridiculous and, it's and just figuring out all of the different 
different uh, coins that you have to deal deal in. I believe Vivi deals in gems, and I I don't have and, any gems. And you have to and... buy them with like card. What is it? The card? Uh, I don't know. I'm so out of tune with the whole Bitcoin thing. Yeah, uh, cryptocurrency. I know there's like a card of mom or card of. <laughs> I, I'm somebody's gonna laugh at me for sure. <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> anyway with the with the moon knight uh or, or go back a little bit here to what you're talking about marvel magic and the disney magic and they've been able to bring a lot of these obscure characters to the forefront that's what i'm really enjoying about the marvel cinematic universe to a certain extent even if the the show may not be as great as one would expect or as hopeful as some people might expect uh, it's still cool to see these characters on screen that you wouldn't normally get any other airtime. And this is going to lead up to something bigger. The, I believe it's the eternal sons who include blade as well as moon Knight. And oh, really? That's correct. Yeah. So I think they're going to have a series specifically focused on three or four of these darker realm style characters. Mm, that makes sense because both characters are really quite violent characters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got your your mummy, you've got your vampire storyline. I can see those coming together. Yeah, for sure. And I think it'd be cool, but I did hear a lot of complaints about how some of the, the violence was kind of brushed aside uh, in this film. And while I didn't really notice it, maybe I'm not as focused as some other people when watching this stuff, that a lot of the struggles and fights were kind of cut away and he would wake up wherever he was and you wouldn't really see a lot of the action. Yeah, I think that's because right now we are just seeing it from Steven's perspective. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling, though, as this show goes along for the, the remaining five episodes, because we're actually going to to be introduced to Mark and we're going to we're really going going to be opened up to him and i actually think that Mark is perhaps the the main character and that Steven is actually just his like an alter ego if if you will and i think we're going to see Mark's side and i think we're going to see a lot more violence moving yeah. moving forward that's only a hunch but it will be interesting to, to see. I, I hope so, because I really like the Mark Spector aspect of the character where he's is a bit of a badass. Mm-hmm. I felt a little bit too, uh, every time the voiceover happened, I felt like I was watching a Venom movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the voice, the voiceover piece, the, the voices in his head or the voice in his head. That seemed a little bit cheesy to me. I'll I'll be honest. That that was the one thing that kind of got me. Besides that, I'm I'm actually enjoying the the storyline so far. I mean, we're only one episode in, so there's still a lot to learn. But yeah, that voice in the head that that's difficult to get by. Absolutely, uh, like yeah, and I, and I agree. I mean, there's still a lot to come, so I'm I'm not writing it off yet. I it was underwhelming, but it was still kind of cool. And to see this character on the screen is pretty cool. I, I need to roll back a bit here and apologize. Not the Eternal Suns. The Midnight Suns is the name of the uh, okay the uh, the fictional team that is coming this way. Uh, I'm going to read off just a list of some of the members of this. And you'll see maybe why this might get more exciting for you and I. 
Cool. So we've got uh, characters such as a Scarlet Spider, which is a Spider-Man type character. Morbius, who just came out in a film that I hear is relatively terrible. I, uh, I don't even, I don't have any desire to see it. I'll be None honest. at all. Uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, who is a really popular character trying to get his first appearance is an extremely expensive asset to have or commodity to find. Johnny Blaze, uh, a ghost rider. Danny Ketch, a ghost rider. Doctor Strange, Black Cat, who is basically the Spider-Man version of Catwoman, Blade, the aforementioned Blade, who's a vampire, right? Ninja, Ninja Vampire, I guess is the way to say it. Oh, Iron yeah. Fist, who we are familiar with from our New York favorites. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Man Thing, who is really cool, creepy, a swamp thing type creature. Doctor Voodoo, and no way, and the punisher just a number of um, a few of the characters that have been part of the midnight suns over the years Uh, midnight suns also has a video game that just dropped or is dropping i'm not 100 positive if it has actually dropped yet i haven't seen anything about it oh you that doesn't mean that it hasn't dropped there is definitely a video game that's really awesome yeah no Uh, doubt that uh that it's coming and it's going to drop soon but it hasn't been in any of my weekly mm-hmm. GameStop reminders. At 2021, it actually came out. Uh, oh, really? A tactical RPG game, a tactical RPG game featuring Blade, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Nico Manuro, who I believe is a brand new character, and Magic. My girl, Magic, is in it as well. Well. Clearly, I'm not enough of a video game nerd to, to be speaking on that. I, I just when you were talking about it, it sounded like that was something that was coming up. And I was thinking that maybe it was something that would have crossed, crossed my plate just recently. But um, clearly that happened a year ago. I hadn't noticed anything. I didn't wouldn't know anything about it if somebody hadn't told me that magic was in it. And to me right there. Well, of course, that's now enough I know to buy the game. It. Yeah, but I never did. <laughs> oh it's to be released in march 2022 so maybe that's why you haven't oh, seen it okay i thought you said that it was came out in uh, 20 they announced it they announced it in 2021 oh, okay. i apologize okay. for not reading ahead here. okay gotcha <laughs> okay so we're we're about to see it yeah if it's not already out then uh it should just be coming across the radar now well everybody that's listening let us know what you think of the video game if you played it drop it down in the comments interestingly though Moon Knight is not in it. <laughs> so as we sit here and talk about Moon Knight, Moon Knight being a part of the Moon Knight Suns. He didn't make the video game. He didn't make the cut for the video game, I guess, which that's, is that's a sad. poorly timed opportunity by the publisher of the video game. Yeah. So 2K and Firaxis games. Bad move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So why don't we jump back to Arthur? You you gave the description of at the very beginning as to how this episode opened up the occult leader dropping the broken glass into his sandals and was walking on glass. I take it as his his penance, but like he's a he's kind of a crazy character. This character is being done uh, is being played by Ethan Hawke. So Ethan Hawke doesn't generally take take roles that are are going to be uh, considered to be a, a negative negative character at all. 
So I yeah. like I I think that's to be honest, so far this character is the one that intrigues me the most. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you on that. And I don't know much about Arthur Harrell. And I know nothing except this first episode. Well, I don't know much more than you, to be fair. It's cool. I guess he's from Marvel. Obviously, he's been around a while. He's a, I'm going to call him a cult leader. He's a religious leader. And in this little mountain town, and people come to be, come to him to be judged by the the god Amrit, I believe is the pronunciation of, of the god. And it comes to a scene that he actually judges Stephen's character. And on, on his arm, he's actually got uh, scales that are tattooed onto his forearm. And it always lies to tell you, you know, if you're a good person or if you're a bad person, but the tattoo just continually moves up and down as he's judging Steven, essentially that he's filled with chaos. So yeah. I think that kind of gives you an idea of what we're going to see with, with the Steven slash Mark character development. Yeah, it seems to be, uh, he seems to be a, a very interesting and very secret character uh, in the comic books, it looks like he was part of Auschwitz and dealing with some of the secret experiments. Mm. And he was either in charge of them or he was related to some secret experiments in Auschwitz. And so therefore, he's got a really poor background. But he, it shows that he's very, very intelligent. Uh, he's done a lot of work with medicine in the field of pain theory. And he apparently won a Nobel Prize for that as well. So he's he's another one of those super smart characters that obviously has been tainted in some way. And whether or not this comes through in the character that we see being portrayed by Ethan Hawke or not, I don't know. I don't get that feeling considering that he just uses touch to judge people and then put them to death and suck what appears that he's sucking the life out of them yeah totally just that poor old touch. lady i mean that old lady didn't have much time left anyway that's a fair point yeah i mean <laughs> if, he, if, he, if he's just you know redistributing the life if you know if as you might say then uh, that's okay not such a bad guy <laughs> after all he's just you know he's giving them some peace in their in their their end yeah so what do you think about that character that is following Stephen around it's the the dressed kind of as a mummy but with a, a bird skull i believe that's Konshu. is Konshu, that, uh, yeah is, is chasing him and i guess Konshu is the god of travelers and uh represents the pathfinder the embracer the defender and also and also the watcher i'm very intrigued by it yeah it's a real cool character and I'm very curious as to what they're going to do or what the relevance is of that character. Yeah, I think uh, somehow he's obviously given his powers or thrown his powers at, let's say, Mark Spector. Mm -hmm. And somehow because Mark Spector has, whether it's a split personality or some weird personality disorder going on, that Khonshu doesn't really like 
the other character so much as he certainly likes Mark and he gives Mark Spector all of his, I would say probably the, the positive, I guess maybe, well, here we go. I'm, ha- I'm having a theory moment here. And okay. Epiphany, hit me. An epiphany. A lot of the, a lot of what happens here within Moon Knight is a lot about balance, right? You know, you have the light versus the dark, you have the good versus evil, which is something that's really big in Egyptian culture. But now you have the weak, or not the weak, but the meek Stephen, and then you have the strong Mark, right? Ah. So you have them. There kind of there has to be that balance. So he has a, a split personality. One is a weaker version, obviously, and then one is a strong version. So they try to keep when there's trouble afoot, they have to bring the mark out. And when it's just normal everyday life and being miserable, they have to have Steven there. So perhaps that's part of the balance because this, this show is actually filled with symbology. It's going to be, and, and it's actually makes it more fun than perhaps the show itself is just trying to look for all of these things within the, symbology and symbolism yeah you're right you know like i'm still in for the show i i'm curious as to where it's gonna go it's not one of the the best marvel shows that has come out and honestly it's perhaps one of the the weaker shows but i think i'm still interested and i do want to see where it goes i like the symbology symbology is that the right word yeah symbology or or symbolism Yeah. yeah i like that whole aspect I really don't know about the uh, the Egyptian the Egyptian mythology, so I'm I'm interested to learn more about that. So, I you know what I think it's going to be a good show, and I'm curious as as to how it's going to grow. Yeah, I'm certainly not going. I'm not writing it off quite yet. I just I don't I don't like when they they do these really silly characters who are just so too awkward to believe. Yeah. Well, and I know they're trying to show they're trying to show the difference in the balance, perhaps with between the two between Stephen Grant and and Mark Spector. But I don't. Uh, sometimes it just annoys me. Is that I I'm not. I'm not feeling for this guy at all. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. you know, there has to be some kind of, uh, uh, there has to be some uh, something that draws you to the character to make you really care what happens to him. And I don't have that at the moment. Still, still don't have it yet. Well, still let's see it. what happens. You know, I we're only we're only one episode in. We got six more to go. Hopefully, people won't give up on it quite yet, and we'll stick around for at least a few more episodes to see if it really if see if it really lets them down or not. But I I think this is gonna kind of take an upswing from here. So that's sure. that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm guessing. That's what my two dollars is on, anyway. So, so you mentioned before before we wrap it up here. You mentioned uh, at the start of talking about Moon Knight about the goldfish and what the goldfish might have to do with it. Yeah. A quick, commonly known fact, apparently, is that goldfish have a very limited memory. Oh. So take that into consideration. That Stephen Stephen has no memory of anything that happens. He doesn't know how he gets where he gets. He doesn't know how he gets out of his room, his apartment. He doesn't know how he misses three days and misses that date. Oh, that was that was that was a big miss. Yeah, that was because yeah, she she was a very, a very very pretty lovely, lady. very lovely, very lovely woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the suggestion is that Stephen does not have a very good memory, and that's why his fish 
is uh well there and then the fact that he has one gimpy fin which throwback to disney nemo hello Mm -hmm. that perhaps now he is letting mark specter take over so now his memories are becoming full as he lets mark take over now his fish is whole or full (laughs) so that's a little bit of the symbolism that you get within this and that's just one tiny example yeah so so many symbols in this even from the trailer i watched a, a video just regarding all of the symbolism in the trailer and we talked about triangles and mirror images and so much of that stuff going on like even some of the scenes are set up so that everything is perfectly balanced in the middle right even when the ethan hawk character at the start of the show is walking with his shoes on with his glass filled shoes on he's directly in the center of the frame which the background is a frame of whether it's a temple or whether it's a structure of some sort and he's yeah. directly in the middle of it and the entire structure is very balanced on either side symmetrical i guess is yeah the very cool word very so, cool. yeah so yeah i'm okay with the show i'm not happy with the character as he is at the moment well let's see where it goes yeah you know i think this was uh this was a nice short and sweet episode we didn't get uh, didn't get too crazy and keep keep our listeners hanging on for for hours on end this time and i think that just really wraps up yes. another episode of how to survive the modern world or gen x isn't just a fashion statement Please leave a comment. Please like, please share. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Peace. Bye. How to Survive the Modern World or Gen X isn't just a fashion statement. Has partnered with Patreon. So you can help support the podcast for as little as $3 a month and get access to exclusive content. Visit patreon.com forward slash how to survive the modern world to see how you can become a pod pal or even the pod god. Oh.